What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, June 21st. Hopefully, all you guys had a nice and enjoyable Father's Day weekend this past weekend. Hopefully, all you guys have an even better week ahead of you. May you guys continue to strive and achieve all your goals that you have set out for yourself, man. And I just want to say, stay true to your authentic self. There's a lot of fake stuff and fake things that go on throughout this world, but just make sure you're staying in tune and staying true to yourself because I promise you when you do that, you attract real things. And when you act fake, you attract fake things. So just always remember that, keep that in mind. But of course, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. So if you can, please wear a mask anytime you are outside, surrounded by a large group, crowd, or gathering, or in a public area or public establishment. Please wash your hands as much as possible to keep the virus from getting on your hands and especially your face. And lastly, but certainly not least, because it is still summertime, we are in the middle of the summer. Please go outside and get some ultraviolet rays, a.k.a. sunlight on your skin, because I promise you the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list. And of course, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. And we're going to continue to demand justice for anybody out there that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings, because it needs to stop. Point blank, period. But I just hope all you guys are feeling well keep pushing don't let anything get in your way don't let anything distract you and just keep doing what you're doing and keep going in the right direction but man the last time i talked to you guys we had a lot of nba news break and it was honestly just crazy but still even this past weekend a lot of things went down in the nba of course we still got the playoffs we're now in the conference finals between the two conferences but man the mavericks of course i reported last week that they fired Donnie Nelson after a long stint as general manager and then what was even crazier was that Rick Carlisle one of the best coaches in the league announced that he will no longer be the head coach of the Mavericks and so pretty much if you're an organization right now that doesn't have a head coaching spot right now you don't have your head coach established you're gonna give Rick Carlisle a call unless you're the Celtics because I just don't think as great as a coach as Rick Carlisle is I don't think he'd necessarily be the right fit for Boston. But also in other news, we're going to talk about this is that Kemba Walker got traded to Oklahoma City in exchange for Al Horford. You also had the Clippers beat up on the Utah Jazz in a game six situation where Terrence Mann went crazy. Of course, the Clippers for the final two games did not have Kawhi Leonard dealing with that ACL injury, but Terrence Mann went absolutely berserk in that game six. You also had a game seven between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets and the Bucks pulled it out in Brooklyn in a crazy game that went to overtime. I want to give credit to both sides and show both sides love because for the Nets, of course, they dealt with injuries from Kyrie hurting his ankle to James Harden being banged up and give a lot of credit to James Harden, man, because it is not easy to go out there and put your body on the line when you know an injury is limiting you. James Harden was clearly slowed up by the hamstring injury, but he still showed heart and he went out there and fought his butt off. He wasn't 100%, but you still got to give him credit for having that mental toughness to do that. And then Kevin Durant, man, he gave us an all-time performance from Kevin Durant in this series. It sucks that they lost, but I do believe that the Nets will be back stronger and healthier next season. But for Milwaukee, Giannis, man, averaged 30 plus points in this series. You know, even in this game, it was crazy because Drew Holiday struggled for majority of this game and Chris Middleton did a little bit too. But both of those guys came alive when the Bucks needed them most in the fourth quarter and in overtime. 
and the Bucks got the job done, and they will be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals on Wednesday against the Atlanta Hawks, who yesterday on Father's Day went into Philly in a Game 7 situation. Trey Young struggled from shooting, but he was an excellent playmaker and passer in this game. Kevin Herter, who doesn't even have a big role on this team, came alive, I believe, dropping in 28 points in Game 7 yesterday in the Hawks' advance, man. Give a lot of credit to Nate McMillan and his staff for everything that they've done ever since he was announced as head coach for moving on from Lloyd Pierce for the Hawks. Done a phenomenal job, and we definitely have to talk about Philly, but before that, also... In the Western Conference Finals yesterday, we had game one between the Suns and the Clippers. And, of course, you know, Kawhi is still out for the Clippers. CP3 is out for the Suns with the uh, coronavirus right now, who's, of course, currently in health and safety protocols. But yesterday, man, we had an epic duel between Paul George and Devin Booker. And, of course, D-Book came out on top. And not only that, but he recorded his first triple-double in his young NBA career on the biggest stage so far in the Western Conference Finals of his career dropping 40 points, adding in 13 rebounds, plus 11 assists. Put some respect on Devin Booker's name. But let's get back talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, man. The process is officially over. The Sixers need to trade Ben Simmons immediately. The time is up between the two duo of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. The time has ran its course. It's not working. It has officially failed and imploded on the entire 76ers organization and look I want to give Embiid a lot of credit because he went out there and played on a torn meniscus and he was still to me in my opinion the best player in this series now Trey was a very close second you can go back and forth on it but to me Embiid was the best player in this series and yet he was playing on pretty much one knee and he did an excellent job of holding down this team and pretty much being a majority of the Sixers offense but also two Seth Curry had an outstanding series shooting the ball for the 76ers. Now, I know a lot of blame has been looked toward Ben Simmons' way and some has been to Doc Rivers' way, and we're going to talk about both them too. But first and foremost, we got to talk about Tobias Harris because it's honestly funny because I'm not going to call out any 76ers fan because it's always some delusional and crazy fans in every single fan base of every single sports team. But I remember... It was a lot of 76ers fans that truly thought, and I'm still laughing at this to this day because it's just hilarious. They truly believe that Tobias Harris is better than Jimmy Butler. Now, in the regular season, I mean, you have a case, even though I still disagree with that. But in the playoffs, when you need it the most, when the pressure rises and the referees swallow their whistles and everything is on the line and it's a lot more at stake, give me Jimmy Butler 10 times out of 10 over Tobias Harris any day of the week, I'm going to take Jimmy Butler over Tobias Harris, and it's not even close. And look, I don't want to slander Tobias Harris because I do believe Tobias Harris is a good dude. But at the end of the day, a couple years ago, the Philadelphia 76ers gave you a max contract, and you have simply not lived up to that contract. Now, in the regular season, you have, you know, in the course of this 72 game season that just passed, you did a really good job. But in the playoffs, when this team needed you the most, you weren't there for them. Like, it was a game, Tobias Harris only had four points in that game. It is no reason for that to be the case when you're getting paid as much money as he's being paid as a max contract player. Simple as that. It's no excuse. Even in yesterday's game, he had 24 points, but he shot the ball 24 times. He shot 8 of 24 from the field. That is not going to get the job done when you're playing for a team like the Sixers that needs your offensive 
firepower. That's all it comes down to. And he did not live up to it. So it's really just funny because I try to tell people, I literally made a podcast earlier this year. And the title of that podcast said, let's chill on the 76ers hype because I knew the problems that they were going to face when the playoffs came. I knew they were going to flame out earlier in the playoffs than projected. And I know they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference for a good majority of the season. Of course, they finished out the year, the regular season that is, as the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. But I still knew they have flow, they have flaws and holes on this team between not having a closer. Look at yesterday's game. Doc tried to run a play through Joel and B, and it ended up in crunch time, and it ended up being a turnover, and it was an easy dunk for Danilo Gallinari on the other end, and that was pretty much the game winner for the Atlanta Hawks. And I knew that Tobias Harris was not the closer that Jimmy Butler was. I knew the only closer really that they've ever had in the past decade was Jimmy Butler. I'm not going to turn this into a Jimmy Butler uh, propaganda type of thing, even though he is my favorite player, but I'm just saying the 76ers messed up tremendously. They failed the process big time. And I know, like me talking about Ben Simmons, because I know he's getting a lot of blame and a lot of people are talking smack about him. I've come to the conclusion for years now that Ben Simmons is just who he is. Like at this point, he's shooting 34 or in this series, he shot 34% from the free throw line. 34% from the free throw line. Free throw. Think about that. Free throw. That means it is a free shot. Nobody is guarding you. 34%. And I know he's not a shooter, but even then, that's probably easily the lowest in the league. It is no excuse for you to be getting paid as much money as you do. And I don't want to keep pocket watching, but I'm just saying, you're about to get a max contract extension and you're only shooting 34% from the free throw line. The least that you can do is shoot 60%. If you can shoot 70 to 80 to even 90, which would be a miracle, that would be great too. But at least shoot 60%. To shoot 34% is honestly disgusting. And that's always been my thing with Ben Simmons. I know he's not trash. He's not, you know, weak. He's a really good player in this league. But the fact that he's not even aggressive, it scares me. It is truly worrisome to a big extent. Even in last night's game, the play that everybody keeps talking about was literally Ben Simmons had the ball on the left block. He was posting up Gallinari. Gallinari was reaching and poking for the ball, trying to get a steal. He gambles. He doesn't get it. Ben hits him with a pretty good spin move. He's right under the basket. He could have either dunked it or laid it in, but instead he decided to pass to Matisse Thibault on the other side of the block, and Thibault goes up. He gets fouled, and at this point in time, the Sixers are down two, I believe, and then Thibault splits the pair of free throws, and now they're down one, and then literally on the other end of the floor, the Hawks go back and get a bucket. I think they went up three or four points. And so I'm just like, little things like that will literally kill you. Like, people are talking about all these different things, like how the Sixers suck, but they were right there in this series the entire way, but they just couldn't get the job done. Like, something about this team was just not clicking. And that's where I want to get to Doc Rivers because Doc Rivers, man, we got to have a serious conversation about Doc Rivers. Look at last year with the Clippers. They were up three games to one in the Western Conference semifinals against the Denver Nuggets, and they blew it. All the way to Game 7, and they blew it. The Nuggets beat them, and they advanced. And now this year's team, it just didn't seem like they had any flow. It didn't seem like they had any chemistry. It didn't seem like they believed in each other. It didn't seem like they had faith in each other. The only thing that this team truly had was Joel Embiid carrying them on offense, and then defensively they had Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Matisse Thibel, and Joel Embiid doing a pretty good job. But outside of that, this team didn't look right at all. And that's why I said we have to chill 
on the hype of the 76er because it is a big difference from the regular season to the postseason. They are two very different beasts, and the Sixers were just not well-equipped enough to get the job done. And honestly, as much as I love the Hawks team and they're trending really, really in the right direction right now, the 76ers should have beat this Hawks team. They should have, but they didn't, and that is a big problem. Now, I know they're not going to fire Doc. I know they're not going to trade Joel Embiid, but now it is officially time to trade Ben Simmons. And it's actually funny because I just seen a report that came out that said Doc Rivers is expecting Ben Simmons to be ready to put in the work to fix his jump shot this upcoming offseason, and that he will not be partaking in the Olympics and representing Team Australia, but he will be at home focusing on his game and craft and trying to get a jump shot. And I've heard this story before. So I'm honestly just going to wait and see what happens next season. But I don't know what it is. But mentally, man, something is not right with Ben Simmons. It's just not because he's too good. He has the perfect body type. He has the perfect archetype being 6'10". He's mobile as I don't know what. He can guard any position in the league. But he just doesn't give you anything offensively. And that is a problem. Eventually, this team is going to need you to score. And you won't even develop a post game. You won't develop a floater, a little flip shot. You won't even do that. You don't have good touch around the rim. You're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. And you're not improving the way that you should be. In Philly, it is high expectations when you put on that 76ers jersey. Like other places, you know, you can go to other places in the NBA and the pressure isn't as high. But in Philadelphia, their fans are just as passionate about the game as New York Knicks fans. And so if you're not going to perform and get better every year, you might as well not even be there. And so I know they have to, you know, Daryl Morey, to me, is a gambler. He is a dice shaker. He's a risk taker. He is not going to accept this. He is going to definitely put Ben Simmons in the market and see what other teams around the league are trying to get for him because he's going to have interest. Again, he's not a scrub. He's not trash. I honestly believe in the right situation, Ben Simmons could be a team's Draymond Green. I, I, I sincerely believe that with my entire heart. But in Philly, it's just not working out because you can't play him next to one of the best centers in the game, if not the best center in the game, because he doesn't space the floor. And Embiid needs that space. As great as a shooter as Embiid is, especially from that mid-range, and he's a pretty good three-point shot, he's still at his best when he's on the block posting up defenders because he's 7'2", and he's a monster. But if you have a guy like Ben Simmons there, all you're doing is giving Embiid less space to work with, and you're clogging up the paint. So you got to get him out of there. And if the trade market could get really interesting because I don't know if teams are going to be willing to trade a star in order to get Ben Simmons. Now, if you throw a draft pick in there and you throw like another, you know, established player in this league, maybe, maybe it is a good shot. But I just don't see the Sixers getting a star player in return for Ben Simmons unless it is a star player out there that is currently unhappy in this current situation, like possibly Bradley Beal or Zach Levine in Chicago. It could be a couple of dudes out there, but right now, the market probably isn't looking too good for him. I'm going to just be honest with you guys. Like Maybe you could trade him to Toronto and get Kyle Lowry, but even then, Kyle Lowry is like 36. Like, Are you really going to give that up? Like, Yes, Kyle Lowry is really good and he helps his team, but I don't, I don't know, man. It's going to be a real interesting summer um, in Philadelphia seeing what the Sixers do. But the process is over. They're not going to fire Doc Rivers. They can't trade Joel Embiid. But that's the best. That, that's the craziest thing about this is that Joel Embiid is 27 years young. The 76ers have failed Joel Embiid so far in his career. Outside of that 2019 team that lost to the Toronto Raptors in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals and had Jimmy Butler, that was the only year that the Sixers did right 
by Joel Embiid. Outside of that, some of the coaches that he's played for, like Brett Brown was whatever. Doc Rivers is whatever. He's been hurt. You know, he's got to be better at his conditioning and his eating habits and his diet. I understand that. But he's still dominant. He's still playing up to his contract. You have to do right by this dude. Joel Embiid's aren't just coming into the NBA draft every year. They don't just pop up. Those are a rare type of players. I'm one of those people that says he's probably the most skilled big the league has had since Hakeem Olajuwon. Think about that. Hakeem is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, big man ever. And I just compared him to Joel Embiid. That's how high I view Joel Embiid. And think about that. He was playing on one knee, and his diet is trash. And I know a lot of fans want to get on him for you know being kind of tired in the fourth quarter. But at the end of the day, he's carrying their entire offense. If the Sixers didn't have Joel Embiid, they probably would have got swept in this series. I'm be honest, because Trey Young was cooking. You know, you had other guys going crazy. Lou Williams had good games. Gallinari had some good games. They didn't even have Bogdanovich for the past couple of games due to knee soreness. So I'm just like, it's no excuses. And it's no excuse at all to why Philly lost this series. I'm just being honest with you guys. I'm being completely blunt with you guys. But it's funny because every, most of the NBA fans had high expectations for this team, but I didn't. Because I knew what this team was. I seen it from the jump that they were not capable of what people thought they were capable of doing. The ceiling was low on this team for, for me, from my eyes at least, from the jump. Like, yes, Elton Brand did a pretty good job of trading Seth Curry in, in exchange for Josh Richardson, which ended up being a really good deal for them and not a good deal at all for Dallas. But it just, it just comes down to this roster was not that good. And they didn't buy into whatever Doc Rivers was trying to preach. Ben Simmons needed to be better, but Tobias Harris needed to be better too. It's a lot of accountability and self-reflection that needs to go on this upcoming offseason for the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid is fine. Like, if I'm Joel Embiid, I'm mad, but at the same time, I did my job. I earned my money, I played my butt off, and I gave everything to my city that I possibly could. You can't ask anything more from Joel Embiid, who was a dude playing on a torn meniscus and still carrying his team's offense. The rest of the team, outside of Seth Curry, has to help him. It's just no other excuses for that. It's literally, they had a 26-point lead in one of these games, and they blew it. 26. 2-6. They were up 26 points and ended up losing that game. That cannot happen at all. That's inexcusable. And again, I want to give a lot of credit to Naaman Millen, to Trey Young, to Bogdanovich, to John Collins, everybody on the Atlanta Hawks team and franchise, a part of their franchise. Give them a ton of credit. Travis Schlank did a great job of putting this roster together. They deserve a lot of credit for making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But Philly should have won that series. That's all I got to say about that. But let's move on before I get you guys out of here because I want to talk about this trade that happened late last week between the Thunder and the Boston Celtics where in this deal, the Thunder acquired Kemba Walker, the number 16th overall pick in this upcoming year's draft, and a second-round pick in 2025. And then Boston got Al Horford back, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-round pick. All in all, I like this deal for both sides. I'm not even going to lie to you. So for OKC, honestly, I don't know if Kemba Walker is ever going to play a single minute in a Thunder uniform. I think it could be a chance that he does. I would not be surprised. But in my opinion, I just don't think he will. If he does end up staying a season like Chris Paul did last year, whatever. But I think they're going to ultimately end up trading him because they're trying to you know, rebuild around Shea Gilders-Alexander and Lou Dort and those guys. So it could definitely be interesting. But I just don't see Kemba staying there. But if Kemba does get traded, which I think will happen, I would love to see Kemba go back home and represent his New York Knicks in New York. I think that is the perfect place for Kemba Walker. Why? 
because they need some more firepower. They need a point guard who can actually distribute to Julius and just get, getting a guard who has recorded a 60-point game in this league before would completely open up the offense for Coach Tibbs and his staff in New York. And that's just the perfect scenario for Kemba. Again, he's from there. And I just think the Knicks need an offensive boost. And why not get a guy like Kemba Walker? Like, of course, Derrick Rose was sensational for them this past year. He was arguably the sixth man of the year. Of course, you know, Jordan Clarkson ended up winning it in Utah. But I just think having D. Rose off the bench and then getting a guy like Kemba would be absolutely perfect. So for Boston side, though, I love this move. For Brad Stevens' first move, as president of basketball operations for the Celtics, this is a really good move. Getting back Al Horford, who played tremendous for them in his years that he was in Boston, is big. He's a defensive guy. He can stretch out and shoot the three. And he only needs to do little things in order to complement Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. He is a perfect fit. And don't forget Moses Brown. Now, I know Moses Brown, he's young. He's not as agile and mobile. But I do think if they're able to put him in the right positions, they could do wonders for his game. I think he's a perfect player to bring off the bench, especially as a big man. I know they got a couple different big men between Rob Williams and Tristan Thompson. They're probably going to trade one of those guys. But bringing in Moses Brown should help them out a lot off the bench. So I do actually like this move for both sides, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys. I'm going to get you guys out of here, man. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Feature alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash blogger slash journalists. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow us for all your sports news and needs. I promise you guys, Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you. I am also a part of Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really talented content creators and podcast hosts. So please go check us out on there as well, man. I appreciate you guys. This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share and grow and expand the podcast. You guys be easy. I will talk to you guys soon. As always, peace, love, and blessings gone.